Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Inspiring Women Revolution. I am your host, Ari Zucker, and I am so thrilled to introduce our next guest today. It is my big brother, Todd Zucker, and he has written not just one, but two books. He just finished his second book, and we are going to talk all about it today, how we got to start, all those exciting things. So please help me welcome my big brother, Todd Zucker. Well, hello, big brother, much older brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling the whole much older thing. You're not, not much older than me. Much older. A couple no. of years here and there, give or take. <laughs> well, I will say my amazing brother. Oh, thank you, sis. Yes, yes. I, I'm excited to be here. Well, I am so thrilled to have you here. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear a, a lot about you because there are so much there's so many wonderful things that you do. You're an amazing man. And, um, but also all the things you do uh, uh, for yourself and for your environment and for women around you. So you're an amazing father. You're an amazing husband. I'm really happy to have you here again. It's been, I think, a year and a half since the last yeah. time you were on everything from A to Z. Yeah, I guess I must have really screwed up. It took me a year and a half to get back. <laughs> Well, you know, I was making some changes and, uh, you know, went with this inspiring women revolution, which I, you know, you and I can probably go off on a tangent about how inspiring each other and right now and this time, but that'll be a different podcast, um, is really, really needed. (laughs) No, no, this one's going to be a week and a half, I think, (laughs) but really today we are here to talk about you and you always tell me how proud you are of me. Well, I am here to say how proud I am of you. You have not just one, but two books out, novels out, and one of them being the Sentinels of Atlantis, Sentinels, not the, right? Sentinels of Atlantis and Heir of Atlantis. And before we get into that, I I just want to say writing number one is, I feel like, especially when you're in the creative uh, side of your entrepreneurial side of you uh, or of anyone writing, I feel like is one of the hardest things to do, whether you're a songwriter, um, a theatrical writer, a book writer, it, it, because you start the story for everyone else, for the actor, for the writer, for the lighting, for the crew, for everything you do, we have to have something in order to start our imagination and the colors and everything that you visually see. Right. So I'm, complimenting you on the fact that you do that number one you basically your day job is you are a principal of a middle school which by the way congratulations is <laughs> you 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 do impressive things and you leave a really wonderful impression on many children which is uh, kudos to you we love our teachers here on the show uh, and then at night um you are a writer and somewhere in between there, you're a softball coach, baseball coach, pitcher coach, <laughs> and in between. So um, share a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah, share a little bit about your sort of your day real quick, and then we'll, we'll jump into your, your books. So, yeah, no, thank you. And, and again, I, I appreciate uh, being on here, and I appreciate the kind words. I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have the relationship I do with my sister, so I, I love that. Um, you know, it, being a, a principal of any administrator in any school nowadays it, it comes with a, a man, there's a lot of stress I guess and you just have to understand where we're at in society you know people people seem to be a lot more angry now than they were when I first got into administration almost <clears throat> two decades ago I guess maybe I am the older brother yeah, <laughs> um, yeah not that much almost, older. been almost 20 yeah been almost 20 years in administration and, and um, you know with the with the pandemic and the polarized country we've had, just people are, are much more on edge, and so we're starting to see a lot of that in our kids and trying to keep them, you know, in that lane of focusing on their education, focusing on their future, trying to get them to understand how important their future is, while combating uh, social media and combating, you know, um, family issues and and you know some. A lot of our kids come from very uh, troubled families, and and it's a uh, it's a challenge trying to keep them on the straight line, not get frustrated with their behavior, but also hold them accountable for their behavior, and and all the while help educate them so that they can move out of that cycle that they're in. And so, I spend a good portion of my day, you know, trying to work with kids, build rapport with them, keep my teachers sane, keep my staff sane. 
um, try to, you know, meet the uh, almighty federal and state guidelines of testing that they want, you know, so, so I can keep my job to keep doing the things that I, I think are productive. <clears throat> um, and then after uh, that, during the spring, I do, I'm, uh, I'm a hitting and catching coach for a varsity softball team of which uh, just finished second in, in state. So that was a, a great congratulations. So exciting. I get the, I get the fortune of being able to coach with your niece and my daughter, who's our pitching coach. So that's been an amazing, fun thing to do. Um, and then, you know, I'm just try to have a little fun with the family and then figure out different ways we can help our, help the kids in our community. I just feel like that's a big key to help heal what is a, a hurting nation right now is get our, our kids going in the right direction. And by yeah. no means am I, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those soft hearted you you'll be the first to attest i am not the soft hearted one my kids will tell you if they need a soft shoulder to cry on they go to mom if they need someone to tell them to pull their head out of their butt they come to dad but within <laughs> that i do try to understand where 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 people are at and help guide them but in the right direction well i think we all need to go back to a little more strength which i'm sure you can agree uh, and yep. not, I, you know, it's one of the things that I talk about on this show is we don't, we don't cancel here. People have an opinions and it's okay to have one, no matter where you are and, and whether you're transitioning, whether you're, uh, going through tough times, whether you're a fantastically rich and wealthy person, everybody has the right to have an opinion and actually have an open conversation about it. And so I feel like you have one of the. Uh, the one of the tougher jobs and just coming off the the Rob Elementary School, you know, uh, situation, you have a very, very, you know, is it, 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 there's a lot of po finger pointing, but we really coming up with solutions is really the key is what is and that's the hardest part is instead of let's pointing fingers, how, how do we come up with solution oriented things and I think you do that a lot in your schools and you're in Idaho so it's a different state. You don't hear a lot about things in Idaho. It is. It is. <laughs> but actually half of California, see, I think has moved out here. So it's, yeah, uh, that's true. I'm, well, getting, uh, I'm getting my uh, native uh, population coming out this way. Um, you know, cause when we moved out here, we moved out for the wide open spaces and the, the mountains and the hiking and, and all that. And now we're, uh, we're looking a lot like uh, LA again. So, yeah. but it's, you know, it's one of those things where uh, I just wish they would, I know they can't, but, you know, working in the trenches, being in schools, putting politics in front of everything, whatever side of the line you're on, or if you're in the middle as an independent, you kind of have agreements on both sides of that aisle. They bring politics into schools and, and we become this political football. And all we're trying to do is help these kids get their education. You know, it, it, we're portrayed as every teacher has this agenda and they're, you know, whether it's, you know, teaching CRT or whether it's, uh, you know, not, not supporting kids who are, you know, trying to figure out where they're at in life. And it's just, people are just so uninformed about how hard teachers work, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I, I am so thankful my staff gets to go on uh, summer break because truly, and I, it may sound bad, but they, they need a break from other people's kids. Cause you, you're trying to not only raise their own, but they're trying to help raise other kids. And it's a, it is a challenge. It's a huge challenge. I definitely think y'all don't get paid enough. <laughs> yeah, it's like a surgeon. Know, <laughs> the, and here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. There's not a teacher in my building, not a member of my staff. And in, in all my years of teaching, they, they're not in it for the money. Yeah. They truly want to see kids go. And are, do we have bad apples? Heck yeah, we do. Every profession, you know. Uh, yes. It doesn't matter where you're at. There are bad apples. And unfortunately... Nowadays, it's all about exploiting the bad apples instead of really understanding the good. You know, I, I mean, you, you watch that with police. Police get such a bad rap. I work with them on a daily basis because we have an SRO. They're phenomenal people. They're family people. They're, they're not the way that they're portrayed. And, and yet teachers are in that same boat now because some people disagree with some things that are out there and they put it on the whole profession. And then people like me have to run interference and I, you know, I'm going to protect my staff because I got to take care of them so they can take care of the kids and help them again, ultimately succeed in their future. 
Yeah, it's interesting that what's lacking is people being interested in other people's stories until it's so extremely tragic, like we've just had to go through. It's so extremely tragic. That's when people start to come together. But even then now we're starting to see we're using it for finger pointing. And it's, it is a really, you're in a really tough position. So, you know, our, our hearts break for the tragedies, uh, but getting to know your teachers and getting to know your officers and getting to know the people that serve. I mean, really we are of service. We, I'm not a teacher, but I am a life coach. So I am of service as well. You know, you try to help others and you try to create a healthy, safe community. And, you know, my goal here and your goal for uh, your day job and what you do is to really try to connect people again and get them to reach deep down and go, wait, what happened to our community? And let's create that. And I think that that that's a huge, huge goal. And we, I know we can talk about this for a really long time and we'll do that on another show. I will just say one last thing, just to give a little food for thought. Sure. When I first took over my building, the first thing we did is we banned cell phones during the school day. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you that was a, a difference maker. Our kids, especially at the middle school age and younger, just so parents who might be listening understand, it is such a dangerous device for kids, especially if it goes unchecked. I mean, if it's monitored and all that, that's one thing, but what you have no idea what your kids are exposed to and the things that I deal with and I see, um, and you know, we're a fairly conservative state and yet I still see the things that I have had to deal with, I think to myself, I thank God every day. I, I grew up in the Jurassic era and we didn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, and I highly encourage parents to really stay monitored on what your kids are on, because I tell you what, we have kids that are living entirely separate lives from what their parents know of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I grew up in an era where privacy was however far the uh, telephone extension cord could go from the kitchen. into the <laughs> Yep. That was, that was our privacy. Nowadays, these kids have totally separate things going on. So I just encourage parents to be vigilant and really monitor what your kids are doing because there's a lot of danger on that little box which that's why we don't let them on it during the day no it's really really healthy advice for sure um i think a lot of adults can withstand uh not being on our phones (laughs) i mean there's a time of day where i literally don't look at it anymore and i'm i'm sorry i didn't text you back but um i'm out i'm done okay i need it i need to go for a walk and i need to take two hours away from it you know or you can read a book like yeah oh look how beautiful that cover is okay wait all right so let's get into the air of atlantis look at this your second second book so i'm in the middle of reading this book um and it is so amazing and i love the first one but you know you're really getting into the richness too of book number two so you have to read book number one first of all you gotta read the first book um get all the characters on amazon available on Amazon. And uh, it's, uh, again, the first book, Sentinels of Atlantis. And now your new one, which I'm so excited about is Air of Atlantis. So, you know, you, you have done some incredible things. You know, I remember as a little kid, just looking up at you and thinking you're so amazing. And I, I, I always remember, I, I feel like you started writing Twilight Zones first. Is that, was that yeah, your, yeah, like your big, yeah, like, yep. That was my little, uh, you know, I'm a science fiction nerd and I, I, I love just storytelling. And so Twilight Stone Zone always intrigued me because I always had twists. Yes. And, uh, and I love those twists. So, yeah, I'd write little short stories that kind of mimicked those kind of stories. And you are a history buff. I'm Your a favorite subject. Teacher, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> recovering history teacher. Is that what you said? and history is fascinating i love that your youngest uh niece is or your youngest your only niece is following in your footsteps uh as far as history is a history lover history buff so proud uh so is that what drove you now obviously the the name of the book has atlantis in it yep so anybody in anyone who's ever known or understood or read about atlantis is i mean what got you so excited about the story, the history of it? Yeah. So I, you know, again, from an early age, I've loved history. I've loved ancient history, the, you know, just the stories from the past, you know, whether it was 
the Greeks and the city states, you know, the, the war in between Athens and Sparta, you know, and, and then uh, the, the war with the Trojan War and and then, you know, Crete and, and uh, Mycenaeans and all, all, I mean, all these ancient civilizations and, and the mark that they've left uh, on our society, you know. And so I, I really found incredible interest in them. And then the stories and the legends, and then I started reading mythology and and just how the creativity and how these these ancient folks started to um, look at the world around them, and then the way they explained why things were the way they were, and, and created these incredible stories. But you know, all looking at all these different cultures, and they 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 have similar stories intermeshed in them. You always wonder, well, is it, was it real? You know, and and. Those mysteries. I mean, who doesn't like a good mystery? Oh, love a good uh, mystery. And and uh, so Atlantis is one of the greatest of all time, you know. And and you you look at people have gotten. I mean, traveled the world looking for where Atlantis could be, and 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 was it did it exist, and could it be? Could were they talking about this civilization or that civilization? And so I just um, I always found it intriguing. I love the whole uh, Olympian pantheon of the gods and you know what what they controlled and and the warring that went on between them and the you know i mean zeus was a, a male hoe but he was spreading his <laughs> seed all over the place and how they you know just how the greeks envisioned what happened and that went into more uh you know into norse mythology and how you know we we still every day well every week we experienced Norse mythology, just the names of the day, you know, you have Wednesday, mm -hmm. which was originally Odin's day and Thursday, Thor's day, you know, Friday is Freya, Freya's day. So their, their, their cultures are, are intertwined with ours. And I just, I always found it fascinating, but Atlantis was just that one, did it, did it exist and where was it? And I want to be the one to find it so I can get a really cool show like Josh, Josh Gates. Yeah. My, my TV <laughs> yeah. hero. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you decided to write your first book, mm -hmm. what, how, what inspired you to go, you know what, I'm finally going to put this end of paper. My three girls, my, we started off, uh, uh, my, I used to read the, uh, whether it was the Hobbit, whether it's Lord of the Rings, or I'd read, uh, or Harry Potter. And I'd start reading these stories. And <clears throat> I used to use different accents for each character. And, <laughs> and then, over time, after reading those, I'd start making up fun stories with, you know, my three little princesses in there and whatnot. And um, I, I think we were going on vacation one day. We were on a long drive and we were just talking about stories and started talking about um, Atlantis. And I don't know, it just morphed. And I just started thinking, all right, I want to tie in some cool mysteries. So I tied in the Bermuda Triangle with Atlantis. I wanted to bring it into modern day. And Sentinels actually takes place in fairly modern day um times and and it's a take on what actually happened to it who the olympians really were and then intertwining a uh, a modern day um protagonist in drake mallory who ends up in atlantis which turned out to be a uh sub subcontinent created by poseidon who uh, was an olympian then they were they were advanced science research team and he had this vision of making uh earth a, a place to hide from the titans who were their kind of mortal enemy and i kind of explain how that all comes about so i'm trying i tried to tie in uh greek mythology but into more of a science fiction type um storyline uh. and uh, and why zeus destroyed atlantis and how poseidon saved uh atlantis and how king atlas uh who was original, who was the first king of Atlantis, how he saved his people and went on to legendary status. Anyway, and then it comes full circle and it ends up uh, what it, that Atlantis exists. It's surviving in this subterranean continent under the Atlantic. And then uh, there's a political intrigue and a twin brother of the king who tries to replace the king with himself and and rule because he has this belief that Atlanta needs, Atlantis needs to return to the surface and conquer their weaker Terran cousins and so Drake has to he figures it out has to work his way through of, of how to try to stop this plot and in the end of Sentinels I don't want to give away because you got to read it but yeah uh, he fails he, he fails in the coup but he manages to escape and 
it's who he escapes with and and then heir of atlantis is all about returning uh the young prince that he had escaped with 13 years later why he has to return for the safety of the, of, uh, of the heir of atlantis and their adventure getting back into atlantis and then how they overcome or try to overcome the the situation Atlantis is in because if they don't old uh, the king's brother he is going to uh, come back to the surface and we're not going to fare too well against him so amazing two worlds not just one <laughs> so how many characters do you have in in each book here's the funny part so I was very much inspired uh, by Clive Cussler. He uh, writes uh, a lot of great adventure books. And what I've always loved about him, he does this, uh, he he ties in history, historical events, and then creates a story around them. And so in the prologue of of Sentinels of Atlantis, we actually began talking about how and why the city was destroyed. So it takes place then, and then the prologue then jumps to modern times. And so I've got characters uh, from that period. Then I've got characters that come in on the modern side. I mean, there's, I don't know, 20 something characters and Sentinels. And then I've brought some back, added others in uh, in the era of Atlantis and, and really tried to make them as rich as possible. I mean, you only have so much you can do to get in depth, but I really tried to bring some some personality and understanding where they're coming from. I mean, my, my, my main antagonist, Dargon, he, uh, he, he is the bad guy, but I try to get you to understand why he is the way he is, why he believes the way he believes. And, you know, is he a little maniacal? Yes. But, you know, he's, he is also feeling like he needs to make Atlantis a resurgent power again, you know, and with him leading it, of course. So there's the narcissism, but, he uh, he has his reasons, you know, and and uh, so I tried to build the, the, those kind of stories within the story within the characters, and uh, and then explain as best I can how things came to be at that time. Um, I know when I watch or read science fiction or stories, you know, there's always easy to poke holes in it because oh wow, mm-hmm. how come it could be this? Yeah, and I know I know they're in in uh, my books, but they I I try to close as many of those holes and at least answer them or, or give some sort of explanation to it within the story and not have it too verbose to where you can't uh you get lost in the explanations and then you kind of forget why you're telling the story yeah. yeah yeah so what is it like to go through the character development process so it's really funny so I had a, a base idea of the type of characters I wanted you know I, you know and a lot of it just comes from my own the guys I always found um, uh, interesting or, or the, the female characters who I always felt were bold and strong or, or they were very, um, they were compassionate and, and you, could, you could feel that through the writing. or the, So I, I tried to look at characters and build them in, in a way that you can relate to them or you can understand how they're at. Um, I had some characters, there, there's a character I started writing in the Sentinels of Atlantis and he, he was just supposed to be a small blurb. And by the time I got done writing him, and he wasn't even a, a live character, he ended up being, it's even hard to explain, but King Atlas, when he saved Atlantis the first time, a part of him ended up in the computer system of, of, of New Atlantis. And I started writing them a little bit. And then as I developed the character, he became this huge major component and even more so in, uh, in the era of Atlantis. And I had no intention of making him that big of a character. So you start out and you write what you think is going to be a, a good uh, a good part of your character base. But then all of a sudden you're like, wow, this really fits well. And this character could really help the story if they did this. And the next thing you know, wow, I really need him. I need him down the road too. Right, right, right. So, so it's sort of really left up. I mean, I, you know, if I... I write blogs and things like that, which is, so, <laughs> you know, I know how many words that I need to write and I know how many paragraphs that is. And I can now I'm, I'm kind of programmed in my brain how to do it. But 
you know, even in a, in a, in a very five to 700 word blog, it's, you can have a brain fart, you know, and especially when you're writing a book, uh, how many, you know, how many of those have you had where you just go, you're sitting there and you're blanking out. So the hard, you know, writing is a joy when you're doing it. The challenge of writing is when you're not inspired. You know, when you're, when you, when you get that, you know, that, that writer's block or that brain freeze, it's okay. Here's where I'm at. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I tried to outline out a general idea of how I want the story to go. Okay. A lot of times um, I, I'm going to I'm going to give out my writing trade secret here. Oh, good. I was actually going to ask, what is your writing process? Take two. We had to move locations. <laughs> Back to our question of, uh, of when you get a block, right? Yeah. A writer's block. block, Yeah. So when you're, you're, you're trying to figure out where you want to take the story, where you want to get a direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I always try to give an outline to myself of how I want the story to unfold. And then, uh, I just kind of cut loose. So I was telling you my, my, uh, my little trade secret, which is probably not that much of a secret, but it's my embracing my inner sci-fi nerd is I have downloaded uh, dozens, maybe hundreds by now of um, movie themes, like, you know, whether it's Star Wars and the music, I mean, that's right. John Williams, a hell of a composer. So it's, and I, and I, so I play them and I just kind of try to imagine my character in whatever situation that I'm envisioning they're in. And uh, much like I froze a bit ago in my mind, (laughs) uh, my, that, that, that scene is frozen and hopefully the, the, I use the music to try to kind of help. Okay. You know, and, and where, how can I get them out of this or what could make this more realistic or um, you know, how can, you know, what can they say or do that'll get them to where we need them to go to that next phase. Mm-hmm. And so I try to use that. Sometimes, most times it works. Sometimes uh, I just need to walk away for a bit Sometimes it's a couple of days. There was a time it was a couple of months because I got into I got into softball season. We had a really good run, and I, I was so exhausted every night I came home from practice. I tried to write, and I'm like, nope, nope. I'm just gonna put it away. So. Falling asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you know, and there are only so many hours in the day. I mean, if it's your full time job to try and write, then you know that that probably can be even more frustrating. I feel like when you have a chance to get up, go for a run, put on, and like you said, put on something that is inspiring for you. I still love, like when I get stuck or lost or when I'm memorizing lines from my other job, I, I will put on, now we are free from gladiators. A gladiator. I love that. That's on my soundtrack. Yeah. That's on my soundtrack. It's good, right? It's so, there is a frequency in that song that just completely touches my brain and is like, here you go feel inspired I'm like oh that and I love um uh when I need to be awe inspired I love Florida Georgia lines holy oh yeah that's a good one, good one. oh well, it's really I, good I, I can't do anything that has words in it for me yeah that's more like on a jog or a run or yeah. something you know but yeah because the words then <laughs> mix up the words I'm trying to get put down on, yeah uh, yeah on paper so well, so if you had words for an inspiring writer who may get in frustrating positions in their life, let's say, regardless if you're writing a book and we'll go with someone who's writing a book right now. I mean, how do you even start with a story arc? I mean, do you have a, do you write out an outline or do you, do you just kind of create and yeah, so, hope for the best? <laughs> so you, you, the, what's, one would hope if you if if you've got a I mean you've got to have some passion and thought to want to commit number one to sit down and start writing a book. So I, I'd be hard, me personally I'd be hard pressed to think that you don't have an idea what you want that story to be even if it's just an, the opening scene of it. I mean, okay. You or maybe it's something that's in the middle or or the end. You want you know God this would be a great ending to a story and then you back plan how to get there. But like anything in life, you've got to have some sort of plan. Yeah. I mean, even if you write a couple ideas down on a napkin, I mean, heck, it worked for Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that endures forever. Uh, sorry, history geek again. But you, 
you have to, if you have an idea, get that idea down. And then I, like I said, for me personally, I like a little bit of an outline, even if it's just bullet points of, of kind of where you want it to go and how, you know, how you want it to look. And sometimes it takes a while just to get that outline down, but I will say once the outline's done, boy, for me, especially when I have those times where I'm struggling a bit, I go read through that again. And then it reminds me, maybe it's a chapter I'm working about. Maybe it's like two chapters down the road where I want it to go. And then something will click. Oh yeah, that's how I can get there. Cause I need to get there. So how can I get here? And then don't be afraid to move chapters around and don't be afraid to make changes. It's not like, you know, this isn't the commandments. Just have <laughs> flexibility and, and enjoy. I think the biggest thing is enjoy the adventure. Enjoy mm. the telling the story. Because if you if you don't, if you're not if you're if you're writing because you're under pressure because a publisher gave you a bunch of money and you got to do it, I can see that. Which by the way, if there's any publishers out there who want to pay me to write a book, I'm all in. I, you just let me know. I'm there. <laughs> that's but, right. That's right. Check check your books out on Amazon. Amazon. That's right. But if, uh, but if you're doing it because it's something like, for me, it was a bucket list. I just wanted to have it. Yeah, I wanted to write a book. I just thought that would be a cool thing. Um, give yourself a lot of grace. Mm. And and don't don't give yourself a time limit. Don't put that, don't put pressure on yourself. If you're doing it, it should be for fun. Writing is fun. And and the person that can really ruin the fun for you is the person that is looking at you in the mirror in the morning. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't allow yourself the grace and you take the fun away, then why are you writing it? I mean, if you think that's your it's your way to get rich quick, I will deliver some bad news. The chances of that are 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 tough, even no matter how good it is. Publishers now, man, they're, they're not taking much, you know, and you can try to get a literary agent, but they are, they're just looking for certain things and they want the next great big deal. They're not even they're, They don't even want to really take chances on smaller or unpu uh, uh, unpublished authors. So if, if that's where you're going, if it's for the money, eh, you know, if it's for the fun of it, that's when the success comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like, you know, strangling that thing you want so badly. You hold on tight, you hold on tight. Yeah. And then it never happens when you let go. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and people have the most amazing stories too, or they're down on their luck, but they, they wrote and, you know, something wonderful happened because they had to let go. They didn't have a choice, you know? Well, and for some folks, writing is a good escape. And, and in that escape, they come up with something awesome that others want to share in. And, yeah. and, and that is, that's magic in and of itself, you know? So do you think there's a saturation in sort of the literary world or writing world? Uh, or do you think, fear. I'll yeah. be honest, my fear more is not so much a saturation. It is actually more of um, <clears throat> a, a, a thinning of literary interest because we were, and, I, and again, back to my educating world, I'm, I'm seeing kids now are different than they were uh, even 10 years ago because their brains are getting wi wired differently. And mm -hmm. whatever you think, Elon Musk, he did an a, uh, article on how kids' brains are getting rewired and, and everything is about short blurbs of info, you know, because everything is so quick. It's, you know, Twitter based, it's Instagram, it's Insta this, Insta that. And everything is just so quick. So that patience to sit down and actually read. Yeah. I feel we're, we're, we're losing, you know, in, in my school, we have silence. You know, we have free read Friday is what we call it. It's silent, sustained reading, whatever you want to do. But we, we have our kids read on Fridays because they just, they, they need to be able to sit down and it's some, whatever they want, you know, it's cool appropriate, of course, yeah. but they, they, right. um, but they, they, they just to get them reading again, because they're just, everything is just, quick and instant and then move on to the next thing, you know, and that sustained thought process. I'm more worried about just losing readers than too much, too much writing coming into the, the world. Yeah. It's an interesting place. I, I, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. We have kids who love to read. Yeah. Um, but that also comes with, uh, it's quiet time. Now we're going to sit in the house, no TV on. And, 
you really do have to lead by example. I mean, um, uh, you know, when you, when you have young, young ones around for sure. And especially if you're riding while you have children, um, the best thing you can do is teach them how to sit down and, uh, I, probably the scariest thing to sit down and be with your thoughts, let alone trying to write. <laughs> it's a difficult, uh, difficult thing to do now because, uh, there's, uh, the stimulation, like you said, it comes in these bursts whether, and most of it is negative where, but I do believe there are still more good people on this earth. It's just that, that oh, yeah. we love a train wreck. The, it's just, it's amazing how, how much people just thrive off of um, negativity and it's trying to reverse that by reading an amazing book, two amazing books would be an incredible shift to take your mind out into this wonderful world. Right. You know, and, and, and whether I'm pronouncing the names that you could come up with, right. Or someone else is pronouncing it the way they think it is. And you're creating this visual, you've created a visual for us to start with. And then you're, you're, you're really visualizing what they're wearing, what they look like, their stature, like, you know, and, and all the things that, uh, come with your own imagination. And I think that is what is so beautiful about what you write. And, and, uh, I, I feel like this is like that Aquaman sort of, you know, visual, if you will, in, in both of these books, you get that underwater and that just, uh, the underwater world is fascinating because it's so yeah. my, my issue untouched with, uh, Aquaman, as much as I enjoyed it, King Atlas wasn't King Atlan. And King At, uh, Poseidon had 10, twi- t- 10 sons. There were five sets of twins or 10 sets of twins. And King Atlas was the first king of, of so I wish they had a, read their mythological history before they put that out in Aquaman, but that's my own little, oh, yeah. my own little pet peeve. But, um, you know, people yeah. love to change the history, so they will <laughs> adapt it. <laughs> But when it's funny when you talk about the names, pronunciations, a lot of the names in, in, in both books are actually were historic mythologically based. And then nice. other ones were uh, I took family names of either my kids, my wife, my sister. Hey, there is Ariana, which, by the way, big character in uh, in the second one in Air of Atlantis. So, yes, I'm in the second book, everybody. Ariana is a huge reason that um, good things happen at the end. So uh, kudos to you. Great job, by the way. On that. Thank you. Oops. Yeah. There's the mic. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> you are a true heroine. Thank you very much. I try. I try. <laughs> uh, uh, so in, is there any little secrets that you can give away in, in both books that would really kind of like you know, entice right uh, readers to to go buy the books because you know we like. I know when I'm on days and people are like, what's the teaser? What can you give away? What can you you know? So Sentinels, yeah. what's what's that like? You know, in Sentinels, uh, there there's some really feel good relations, and and Drake will befriend um, the prime art. His role is a prime archon of the Sentinels, and the Sentinels are much like the old they're, they're, you know, I guess I could, I stole a little bit of the, the concept of the old Jedi, uh, you know, the, the old Jedi Knights in the sense that their job was to kind of protect the realm, protect the Royal family. Mm-hmm. And so Drake befriends them. And, and so I used his knowledge of an expertise in um, martial arts and ninjutsu in particular, um, because I wanted to kind of create this concept that, that sometimes, the human body, the human mind can still overcome technology and, and uh, superior technology, superior strength. Uh, and, and so there's a little bit of that in there. And through those connections, um, there's some tragedy, you know, mm-hmm. there, there, there's, uh, there's some moments where characters don't make it through who you might be reading thinking, oh, that, you know, there's no way you kill that character off, but it happens because in reality, uh, tragic events happen uh, as we know. So, um, in that, and, and in the end, you know, he, he has to escape Atlantis and, um, in order to save the young prince from his uncle. And so how he goes about it and how he stops, uh, Dargon from chasing him down is kind of a fun little story. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Okay. And then what about air of Atlantis? 
the heir of Atlantis um, finds them, uh, Drake and, and Cyrus, who again, Cyrus was uh, my, my grandfather's name. So that's like my little tribute to our grandfather. Yeah, your gra- yeah. <laughs> my parents, our grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. I got um, it. That's another, another podcast. Um. <laughs> but, uh, they, they, they find out that they have to return to Atlantis. And, and if not, for what Atlantean technology is based on the these small, we call them viral mech, but they're basically uh, small nanites that actually improve the their bodies. So they're a little bit physically and intellectually more superior than than humans based on these nanites. But because Cyrus was not raised with the ability to control those things, they're getting out of control, and he has to get back to Atlantis or else his body's basically going to overheat and, and die. Mm. So it's kind of that. And then it, it's they, they get in on the wrong side of the continent and they have to make their way across to where Atlantis is and hope to find their friends. And it's been 13 years, so they don't even know what's going on. And so they meet up with another character who, again, was supposed to be a small little intro character. <laughs> and the next thing I know, he's like all the going all the way through the, the story. Oh, awesome. So little teasers, can you figure out which which character? That which is? character? Yeah, yeah, that's the fun part. You're like, oh, that's the one he was talking about. Incredible! I'm I'm uh, I'm super thrilled for people to check your book out, Amazon.com. And you said you're building a website right now. Yeah, so we're having one built. We're having, uh, I think, on 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 Facebook, and I think if it's uh, um, the publishers are doing a website for the book, and I believe it's. Uh, Todd Ian Zucker.com. Awesome. Okay. I'll, I'll get that to you. You can put on your link. Um, awesome. And uh, yeah, so you can get the book off there too. Okay. Uh, and the other thing I, I liked about uh, Air of Atlantis is I, I did, I was telling you earlier, my love of Norse mythology as well. So I actually tied in some North Norse mythology Ooh. with, uh, with Greek mythology. So, you know, there, there's some locations and some things in there. They're like, Oh yeah. Okay. There's the Norse side of things. Wow. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a new game of Thrones here, but in yeah. uh, Atlantean style. That's the, that's the third one. I, I just, yes. I just sat down to started mapping out the, uh, the, the trilogy because Dargon had a son who, who gets out and he is going to be the next antagonist. Ooh. <laughs> and it hits just keep on coming. That's right. I built right in the, built enough in the story to end it after two but there's that question mark yeah 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 which we love is it just two seasons or is it gonna be six we don't know right yeah yeah five seasons would be like that's like the perfect amount you know or you keep them going after that whatever 10 10 seasons that works too um but i think you can i mean just the first book alone you've got two seasons in that book for sure. So a lot of you publishers out there, if there are any uh, television producers that would like to get this going, yeah, I'm all in that as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got to make it happen. So do you have any other little things you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, any advice and anything else? Yeah, you know, advice wise, I would just say this. Um, I was fortunate enough to have some amazing uh women in my life i mean god's got a great sense of humor i thought i was gonna have three boys gave me three girls but they <laughs> and a sister three... yep and, and my sis and, and my your sister, niece my <laughs> yeah well i will say this my sister is one of my best friends in the world i've got three daughters and a niece who i love to death they're amazing young ladies um thank god i had a, a wife that helped me raise them uh to help be the great young women that they are. So one thing that I've, uh, I've enjoyed watching, whether it was with you or whether it was with the girls or, or my wife is they're all, they have a strength and you guys have a strength that, um, you know, you're able to overcome adversity and, and adversity and challenges happen in every day. And they, they're not always fun and they're not always easy. But, um, you know, if you, if you rely on yourself and if you have people in your life who, who you can rely on, um, you know, just, it's that perseverance to just hanging in there, um, know that the, a better day is coming, might not be today and it might not be tomorrow, but it, but it's coming if you, if you, if you go the right direction and, 
and just believe in yourself, believe, uh, and show yourself grace. You know, I, we use that term a lot. Um, especially in when I was coaching baseball, then and now softball, cause you know, hitting a, hitting a ball in that sport is predicated on failure. You know, if you hit three <clears> out of 10, you're, you're good. And, uh, and anywhere in life, three out of 10, you're out. All right. Um, so you have to learn how to overcome that failure and, and show yourself grace so that you can come back and get that hit the next time up. And, you know, our society is just so boiled right now. It's, it's, it's fragmented, but there's still a lot of togetherness. It's just, we never hear about it. You always hear about the fringe stuff. Mm-hmm. Just keep, mm-hmm. you know, and just, just believe that better days are coming for, for you, for our society we live in and, and, um, and, and help others. Cause I'll tell you, you can really find great inner value and inner peace when you can provide service to others. You know, and uh, I've, mm-hmm. I, that's one thing I've enjoyed with you over the years is the amount of kids we've been able to work with and, you know, can't save them all. I don't know how much good we did on some of them, but I feel like, you know, we really gave, we really gave some of these kids something to, to enjoy and look at. Well, and, and we did in the, in the program that, that Todd's, talking about is our Arrowheart Adventure Camps, which is still running. We're still, Todd created this amazing program and uh, our executive director is now just continuing its process and it's still running and it's still doing huge uh, amounts of value to uh, just shy of 20 kids for the year. And, you know, nonprofit takes a lot of funding, <laughs> but the fact that we're getting it and we're, we're helping yeah. tw- at least, you know, 18 kids a year, somewhere between 15 and 18 kids a year, that's 15 to 18, 18 kids that weren't, didn't have it in the first place. So it's, uh, it's whatever you can do. It's not how big you do it. It's how effective you can do it. So, yeah. uh, so I, I really appreciate that. I remember in 2007, what I say to you, I want to, I want to do more, Todd. I don't know what to do. I want to do more. I love giving back. I want to, you know, so and there we went. out came Arrowheart Adventure Camps. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's wonderful. I'm so happy that it's still moving. So um, this has been an incredible yeah, journey. That if, you, if you have dreams or things that you want to do, do it, you know, find a way. Um, I, I, you know, 20 some years ago, or maybe almost 30 years ago now, I wanted to fly and it, I was fly, trying to get my private license and it was way too expensive and, and whatnot. And so on this side of my life, I, I decided to go back and do it. I think in a month I go take my FAA check ride and I should hopefully be a licensed pilot by this summer. And, you know, it's not cheap. And here's how I've actually done, I've get, done good, but I've allowed good to help me because I, I donated a lot of plasma over the years. Oh, gee. And I use that to help pay for the flight stuff. And uh, there you, you know, go. Just, you find a way. You just, you, if you really want to do something, you find a way. Yes. Yes. When you persevere and you get through the hard stuff and you know what God wants you, whether you believe in God, whether you believe which universe or energy or how, however it comes for you in that higher power process, the universe wants you to have things and they put things in the way to see if you're ready. And if you can't get through those hard times, then you weren't ready for it yet. And I truly believe that because all the things personally that I've gone through and that I'm working through to still get to my goal, I see those those hard spots are those, I don't know what to do now. Try everything, yeah. try everything. That's the whole point is you got to try it and you got to keep failing because failing is success. And I'm going to flip this word around. Failure is success. Yep. So, cause it makes you think and it makes you try harder and it keeps you moving forward. Do not give up. You know, it's interesting thing too, you know, when you're writing or you're starting a business or, you know, two years into it, let's say you don't finish your book in two years. A lot of people can just throw their hands up in the air and be like, oh gosh, forget it. I'm not going to write. But it takes that. That's, it seems to be that the two year mark of when you start something, you know, you're either, let's just face it, you shit or get off the pot. (laughs) (laughs) So you really do. You have to make that effort and you have to keep trying unless you, you know, yes, of course, sometimes when we make financial mistakes and you have to end something, you know, it, it depends on where you are and the choices that you make, but that doesn't mean that you failed. It means that you succeeded in trying. Right. So right. anyway, I'm so proud of you, Todd, for, for, you know, take, taking the time and, and all the success that's come towards you and success is in your heart. It is 
some people want to call it your pocketbook, but uh, I believe it's, it's in your heart and, and that's when you succeed and that's when things shift in your life. So it's true. Yeah. And you've done some incredible things. So, ah, thank you so much for being on. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to our next podcast because that one's going to be a little deeper, a little more stuff going on, but you're still very inspiring. You have three beautiful girls that just have done extraordinary or are doing extraordinary things in, in their life. Now I have the three sweetest nieces on the planet and they couldn't be kinder. And it's after their mother, they take after their mother. And thank you, Shonda, for being such an incredible and inspiring woman that you've inspired my brother to be an awesome man. So, uh, you know, it takes a team, right? It's, yeah. it takes two for sure, but she does put up with a lot, but <laughs> yeah, the worst part is, is, is with her new promotion. Now she's my boss, uh, my boss at home. So I got no, I have no escapes. I got to write again just to escape that. There you go. Congratulations to my sister-in-law. Woo. That's fantastic. So well, she's, she's, she's worked hard. Sugar mama. You got you as a sugar mama. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, so again, if you want, you, you have to, you have to get Sentinels of Atlantis and the sequel air of Atlantis on amazon.com. And your name on the book is, isn't it T Ian? Ian. Yeah. My yeah, it's just Ian. Yeah. yeah, Ian Zucker is his writing name, not his stage name, his writing name. Uh, so please check it out and uh, I'll get a confirmation. I'll put it in our uh, show notes, but I think it's toddyanzucker.com. Don't quote me on that yet. I will put it in the show notes and uh, you can check. Well, you're listening to it. You're probably going to see the show notes. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. Anyway, but it would do. Um, anyway, and if you get a chance to give us a thumbs up, remember I'm not interested in thumbs down, so don't even worry about checking the thumbs down if you didn't like the podcast. So <laughs> just a thumbs up. Okay. Uh, I really do appreciate it because uh, your likes help uh, me keep this show going. So thank you so much. Appreciate your time, everybody. And Todd, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh, hopefully, we'll be on our yeah, boats. So not a year and a half. Couple weeks. Not a year and a half. Let's do. Uh, let's do next couple weeks for sure, and we'll get Love into it. some education conversation. I'm sure this is gonna be a good one. Yeah, yeah. You want a train wreck? Let's talk education. <laughs> there you go. There's your train wreck. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much, and until next time. See you later.